Habari za jioni. It is good to see you this evening. What a wonderful day, a wonderful time that our God has given to us to remember him. It's a season that is celebrated across the world. Even with those who are not born again, they celebrate because it's a day off. They don't got to go to work, so it's a free day, right? But for those who know Jesus, it's different. You're celebrating the Lord Jesus Christ who died for your sins. And tonight we are here really to remind ourselves of the truth about our Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe when you think about the Easter season, maybe you never used to celebrate Easter. You know, it, it didn't mean anything to you some years back or some time back. But as you're growing in the Lord, it is not just about the day, but it is about what God really did for a people who didn't deserve to live and they have life today. Amen? What a wonderful good news that we have. And tonight, I want us to think about the reason why Jesus' death is important for us as believers. The reason why the death of Jesus Christ is important. In a more general sense, the answer from a human perspective is very simple and it's very straightforward because we have read the Bible and we would say that the Jewish leaders plotted against him, right? Or we would say Judas betrayed him. It was Judas' fault that our Lord died. Or we would say again that Herod and Pilate tried him and the Roman soldiers executed him. This feels to be very straightforward things and we see them in the scripture that these sort of things happened. But in Acts chapter 2 verses 23, Luke gives us two ideas to think about. Number one, he gives us an idea that the wicked man put him to death by nailing him to the cross. And number two, that Jesus was handed over by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. As we read the scriptures. And to get the real reason why Jesus was crucified, why Jesus' death is important, we have to think about this from God's point of view. What is God's point of view when it comes to this day? And we are going to talk about only two reasons tonight. The rest of the 15 reasons you guys can think about by yourselves at home. 
But number one, Christ died to bring us to God. Christ died to bring us to God. First Peter chapter 3 verses 8 in the Bible says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. So reason number one, Christ died so that he could bring us back to God. We know for sure from the beginning, God created man, and as soon as the man is there, and God gives a command not to do a certain things, and apparently the things we are not told to do, those are the exact ones we want to do, right? Don't touch this, that is what you want to touch. Go, don't go to this place, that is the place I want to go. Don't look at that thing, that is the thing I want to look at. And the apostle says here that Christ suffered once for sins. The just for who? For the unjust. The just died so that the unjust would be restored back to God. The just understood that the unjust deserved death, yet he chose to die. You know, the, the absurd thing is the unjust would think that they don't deserve death. <laughs> the unjust think that they have the right through the things they have studied, they, they, they have studied the law, they have done things to please God. They have kept all the laws that are required. They have kept all the dietary laws. You know, even you know, in terms of cooking, you know, if you want to cook, this is how you'll cut the onion. This is how you cut the tomatoes. And they would bug people with all these things that really don't make sense. But for them, if you want to please God, everything you have to do it this way. Buttoning people with things they can't even do themselves. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. The one who is just understood that the unjust deserved to die. You know, many people in the world today think that Jesus died because he saw something in them. I was worthy, that's why he died for us. I deserved this, that is why he came. This act, by implication, means that prior to Jesus' death, we were far away, as the apostle Paul points it. Say, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. He writes in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13. You who were once far away, 
What took us far? Our sins. They took us far away from God. But we have been bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. For us to be brought near to God, our sin needed to be dealt with. Paul says that the wages of sins are death. What we earn from sin is literally no life. That is what we earn from sin. For the wages of sin is death. In other words, all humans stand condemned before God. Our sin separated us from God, the holy, perfect God. What is the remedy for the sinner? Something has to be done. If you won't recognize your state, the state of your heart, you'll be so prideful not to accept the forgiveness that is already provided by our Lord Jesus Christ. The wages of sin, what we earn from sin is death. So all of us, we stand before God condemned because we have sinned and we need to be punished. And we see also in many parts of the scripture that the substitutionary nature of Jesus' death is the key idea for us to understand how God deals with sin. And how he offers forgiveness. If you want to know how God takes sin seriously, you look at Jesus' hand on the cross. Who would want to do that to his own begotten son? That the whole world has sin. They all deserved death. None can stand before the throne of God. They slaughtered the animals. It was not possible. But if we look at the death of Jesus Christ at the cross, then our perspective would change and would see things the way God does. Maybe, I don't know if that would have worked, you know, everyone to be, to be crucified, to have their own cross, you know, the whole world, you know, in Kenya would have a lot of crosses <laughs> from the hardwood, you know. We have these poles and everyone is hanged. Why? Because every one of us deserved that death. Every one of us. 
But if we want to understand how God deals with it, we see how he dealt with his own son, pouring his wrath upon his own son at the cross. So that the people he created and have rejected him can perhaps think again and say, man, what are we doing? Where, where are we standing? Do we have any relationship with God at all? What can make us stand before a holy God? He says, be ye holy, for I am holy. What can really cause us to stand before a holy God if it's not for Jesus Christ? His death at the cross. We see the righteous one, that is Jesus Christ. And the unrighteous, that is every one of us. Every one of us. He suffered for sins. The righteous for the unrighteous. John writes in John chapter 1 that he came to his very own, but they did not receive him the very own people he created. He's coming to them to save them, to have a fellowship with them. But what do they do? They have nothing to do with him. Think about it. Think about the creator of the universe in the incarnation, stands before you and you say, I don't need you. That is how prideful human beings are. We don't see things clearly. We don't see things clearly. Him who knew no sin became sin. He knew no sin. What about us? We walk in sin daily, like every day. He became sin for us so that we can receive the mercy of God. These words are used in the Bible so that we can understand or have an idea why Jesus died on our place. He died to reconcile us back to God by bearing our sins. Mark writes, Mark chapter 10. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his own blood. The apostle Peter writes in 1 Peter 2.24. Exhausting God's wrath against our unrighteousness because no one stands righteous before God. What makes us think that we can stand right before God without Jesus? What, what makes you think you can earn your way to the presence of God without Jesus Christ? 
And if you say, you know, it's a good Friday, what is good about the Friday if you can't really recognize who you are in light of what Christ has done for you? Jesus Christ died to bring us to God. And number two, Christ died to reveal God's character. He died to reveal God's character. Romans 5.8, we're going through the book of Romans on Sunday morning. Wonderful passages and truth that has is hitting our hearts really hard. He says in verses 8, but God demonstrates his own what? His own love towards us. In that while we were yet still out in sin, we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Think about this kind of love. That he came to his very own people, but they rejected him. But while we were in, still indulging in sin, he's dying on the cross so that he can buy us back to God. So that the relationship that was broken can be restored back. This is a love that the world does not really understand. People will always accuse God for things. If God loves you, why is he allowing this to happen? Why is he allowing this to happen to our country, to your family, to your children, to your jobs, to all these things? But the apostles reminds us, this is how God demonstrated his life. That while you were yet in sin, he died. How do you explain this kind of love? That one would lay his own life for the sake of the other. Even while he knows that we are prideful, while he knows that some of us don't want to accept it, he died. So that whosoever believes in him will have what? Eternal life. You have a choice to make. This is how God demonstrated his own love towards us. While we were sin there. I'm just trying to, trying to think you know, when I was just in the world doing my own things, drinking and, you know. But the, the thought of Jesus Christ is not even close to what I did. Just doing things, doing things, doing things. Sinning against the only one true God. Not flipping my brain to think about the other things that God did for us. I was very rebellious. You know, I had the gospel, but I didn't receive it because I was very rebellious. I wanted my own life. I wanted to do the things the way I wanted to, to you know, 
I wanted to please me and to please people and to think well about me. I wanted the, the praises of man. What can man do to me? So you'd venture into crafting things that you know, people will see and they'll say, hey, good job, you've done this, or you've done this, you've done this. Wonderful. Wasn't thinking about Jesus. I wasn't thinking about this chief characteristic of God. You've heard it said in this pulpit many times that the chief characteristic of love is what? Sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed his life. That is love. At the cross, we not only see God's love, but we see the seriousness with which he takes our sins. We see the seriousness by which God takes our sins. We think that God will not punish sins. We think that God, you know, will just wish it away. God doesn't forgive us by turning a blind eye to our sins or overlooking it. That is not how he works it out. You know, you're thinking about the sacrifice of the cross. Does it even make any sense to you as a believer? Or if you're not a believer, You've heard about the cross. You've heard about the death of Jesus Christ. You've heard about what happened when they came to betray the Son of Man. We heard that yesterday here, that it was not just, you know, the 12 people or 15. It was over 300 people. A lot of these people came. And you know what Judas says? when he got to uh, where our Lord Jesus is, say, Rabbi, <laughs> Judas had seen a lot of miracles that Jesus had done. Especially, you know, taking money out of the fish. This was probably the, <laughs> the interesting one for him. But he's not even recognizing Christ as Lord. You know, I wish you would have come and say, my Lord, these people want to kill you. <laughs> my Lord, they're, they're going up against you. But he is coming with a more general name. Say he's the robber, he's the teacher. The one I will kiss, he's the one. And the rest of the people are wondering, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> Betraying the Son of God with a few shillings. Jesus, in what we call the um, triumphant entry, he looks at the people 
who were shouting. He looks at the people who are lifting their hands and they're ready to make him king. He looks at them and he's sad. People are crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. But the Lord who looks at the heart knows for sure these are the very same people who will say crucify him. And say, I I wanted to gather you. I wanted to gather you, but you, you wouldn't let me. What you want is a king who will set up a palace right there and will have servants and, you know, you, you guys will have titles and things. You want another kingdom. You do not want the kingdom of God. He looked at them and he was sad and he cried. Oh, Jerusalem. I wonder what we think about Jesus when we think about this event that is happening. When we think about Good Friday. When we think about Jesus being brought before Pilate, before the rulers of the land. And they say, hey, I I find no fault in this man. But they are not really, you know, they're not giving up. Say, no. Someone else has to be released. They want a thief to be released so that he can continue stealing from them. And the one who is supposed to save them, the one him dead. The one a thief. <laughs> Isn't that typical of humans? I want that one. I want this one. Wisdom cries in the streets. You're told, hey, don't go that way. Don't get involved here. Don't do this. That is where we go. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While I was a sinner, Christ died for us. Are we thinking about Jesus this season? Or we are thinking about just celebrating with our families and friends. It's nice to celebrate with your families. But where is Jesus in your celebration? You think about his body broken? You think about his blood shed? So that you can have your sins forgiven. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And Christ did it for us so that we can have life and life in him. Friends, these words might 
come across us and they just, what we have read, we have heard. But think about where you were. Think about where you are right now. That the two reasons that I've mentioned tonight, Christ died to bring us back to God. And he also died to reveal God's character to us. And if we want to probably think about this, we have to think about it from God's perspective. How does God look at sin? How does God look at it? You think he would just say, hey, well, that was a mistake. Let's just keep on going. He didn't mean to do that. Let's keep on going. We get so comfortable on our sins because we don't want to think about it from God's perspective. Because God will punish sin. God will punish sin. This one great event, the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ, revolutionalized the whole world. The, the perspective of people changed because of this one event. When Jesus was taken to the uh, tomb, Laid there, say, Well, he's finished. We will never hear about this Jesus anymore. He thought he was the hero. Many people were healed. They don't want to talk about it, they know it's true. Many people got born again, they don't want to talk about it, it's true. When you think about the crucifixion and the death of Jesus Christ, do you feel remorse for the things you have done? This is not supposed to come as a message of condemnation, but to have you thinking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we live in a fallen world where there is sin, but where sin abounds, the grace of God even more abounds. He's calling out to us, even tonight. He's reaching out to us, saying, hey, I know you have done this. I know you have gone this route, but you still have a chance. Make a choice to follow Jesus Christ. Make a choice. We don't got tomorrow. I don't know if I'll see tomorrow. If he allows us to see tomorrow, I want to serve him in that tomorrow. But today, I want to make an informed decision about following Jesus Christ. While I was a sinner, Christ died for me. And if you want to think about this love, you know those who are parents, when you're coming home after a long day, 
and you see your children coming, running to you. Say, Daddy, Mommy. They, they're coming to you, their hands wide open. They want to embrace their father or the mother. I see this with my little daughter. I go home and I press on the bell to a lot that I'm here. And what I hear from the house is, come in, come in. Even when you are really tired, you feel like you have all the strength. Why? Because of that voice. Come in, daddy. And you know what to do? You go and embrace your child. You're kissing your baby, having a good time. In a few minutes, and the other one peeps out the window like, you didn't realize I'm here? <laughs> you didn't know I'm around? Why am I not being treated like, you know? But you think about Jesus nailed to the cross, calling all the world to come to his embrace. Say, come to me. Come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Come to me. When you're broken, don't run away. Run towards Christ. Run towards Christ. I see this with children too. They're running towards their parents. Something hits their legs. They fall down. They don't turn. They pick themselves up and they run towards daddy. Don't let the enemy whisper voices to you. To all you have failed. He won't even listen to you. God will not listen to a sinner like you. Look at the things you have done. He's, you know, mentioning all these things. Have, having a record of the things you have done. How you have failed. Do you know what the Bible calls him? The accuser of brethren. He's a liar by nature. Don't hear his voice. Hears the voice of the Father. That say, come. Come running. Come running to the mercy seat where Jesus is calling. Perhaps he's calling us tonight as I bring the worship team to come. Perhaps he's calling you tonight. You know your life. You know the things you have done. You know how the enemy has been saying things to you. You know they're true. You've done things. You've done things. You have gone through a lot of stressful time. And he says, you're a loser. He says, you're not able. He says, God cannot forgive you. Do you think that is what God says? No. He says, you are forgiven. 
He says, today, if you'll hear my voice, today, today is the day. He is calling on, on you. He's calling on us. I know many times, reflecting on how God has been so good to me, that I have sinned against God, did sin against God, not one time, not two times, many times, and the enemy would keep on reminding me of these things. You know, it's like, hey, if you know for sure that God punishes sins and you have sinned, what do you got? Who do you have besides you? He doesn't want me to be habitual sinner. He's just calling me out to accept his forgiveness and walk in that forgiveness. I don't know where you stand. But I know, I know this for sure. That he is calling unto us tonight. He's calling unto us tonight. He wants you back. There's nothing that you can hide from God. David says, even in hell, you're there. You're all knowing, you're all powerful. How can I think that I can hide anything from my Lord? As we bow our heads in prayer, if there's anything that you want the Lord to forgive you for, if there's any sin in your life that you need to repent, He's here with us, calling unto us, Maybe you've backslided. You've, you've never been a Christian. God is calling unto you. He wants to forgive your sins. He wants you to live right. He wants you to enjoy the wonderful fellowship with him. If you need that prayer, we'll pray with you. He's saying, God, I know I have indulged in sin sinned against you terribly. The desires of my heart, the pleasures of the world has taken me away from you. 
He's saying, God, I want to be restored. I want to be restored. If you're there, you can raise your hand. We'll pray together. God's forgiveness is present with us. He can forgive you for anything. If you're here, you need God's forgiveness. You can shoot up your hands. We'll pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that even when we were still yet sinners, you died. Died for us. And we thank you that your word reminds us every day, every hour that any time we call upon you your ears are open to us to receive mercy to receive forgiveness so that we can approach your throne with boldness Lord we thank you I pray for every one of us who came tonight thinking about your death, thinking about these horrible things they did to you because you loved us so much. God, we thank you. Our hearts cannot fully understand but that which you have revealed to us, help us to walk in it. Knowing that you have forgiven us, help us to walk in that forgiveness. You died to buy us back. You died so that we can see the character of the Father. One of it is love. The love that the world cannot understand. So we thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for our lives. Thank you for our families. Thank you for who you were to us, God. We pray that you continue to speak to us, Lord. Even as we think about you, not just today, not just tomorrow. As long as we have the breath within us, I pray that we'll not forget about you. We bless your name and we honor you. In your name we pray. Amen.